Welcome to the Gospel Center Pro-Life Podcast. This episode is part two of an episode we recorded last week about helping abortion-minded women trust the Lord. So stick with us as we continue to cover this vital topic. I felt your passion, touched your heart. Well, welcome back to the Gospel Center Pro-Life Podcast. In our last episode, we talked about trust Mm -hmm. and how us as sidewalk counselors and and other people in other pro-life ministries are, in one sense, in a challenge of helping an abortion-minded mom convey the trust that she has in the abortion clinic to us, what we're saying, and ultimately to the Lord. It's not about us. It's about the Lord. But we are His representatives there in front of the abortion clinic. And so in one sense, we want them to trust what we're saying, right? Right. Uh, and so we talked a little bit about how, you know, we need to be accurate in what we're saying. Mm-hmm. We need to make sure that we're not reinforcing some of the lies that the abortion industry and the abortion clinic has told them, mm-hmm. that we're a bunch of angry protesters. So we want to make sure we're accurate in what we're saying. We want to make sure that we're, our demeanor and the way that we come across is not just angry and, and vicious like what they're told, mm-hmm. right? So those are some practical things. And then we talked about some of the scripture, about God's Word, talking about how we're to trust in Him. You know, the, another challenge that we have mm-hmm. is we're coming against people whose hearts and minds have been crafted by the ways of the world, and right. we're trying to get them to stop trusting the ways of the world and trust the ways of God. Yeah. And of course, there's a strong encouragement, which is hopefully what you're always going to get from us, that we need to be wielding the sword of the Spirit. We need to be using the Word of God to show these moms that they can trust God. And we need to be using testimonies. Again, I think that is a powerful way to get these women to see that God can be trusted in their situation. So in this podcast, we're going to talk a little bit about the, the practical, and we'll get into some Scripture and, uh, and talk about, again, what God's Word says, because God's Word is very practical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I shared some, some Proverbs in the last episode that I think are practical Proverbs that help mm-hmm. us in, in just practical interactions with people. But three things we're going to be talking about. As we're going to be talking about, as, as it pertains to trust and trying to gain an abortion-minded woman's trust, is attitude, mm-hmm. atmosphere, mm. and action. Good. So three A's. Maybe that'll help like, you guys that are listening like that. to help them remember. To remember and mm-hmm. I'm sure you want us to break that down, so we're going to try to yeah. break that down as best we can. And so first is attitude. attitude. You want to you jump on that one? Yeah, yeah. Well, these women are coming, feeling fear, hurt, desperation, trauma, crisis, despair, and an impossible situation. In their eyes, they are facing, whether we agree with it or not, I never do agree that it is impossible, but in their eyes it is, or they wouldn't be there. A mother doesn't come to kill her child unless there is at least in their eyes, however misguided, some sort of reason that they can't overcome without killing their child. Yeah, what they say. That's what they say anyway. That's what they tell us. So we need to remember that when we trust in the Lord, he is our confidence. Yeah. And we have something to offer them that they don't have and that they desperately need. And I think that attitude of godly 
confidence. Yeah. And confidence in God is really important. And I have seen that in a practical way played out on the sidewalk, oftentimes with new, sometimes younger counselors, sidewalk counselors yeah. that are out there for the first few times, they are not confident. I know I wasn't when right, I was yeah. first out there. I was very self-conscious. I didn't know I had something of value because I didn't at that point, honestly. Well, I really didn't know that I had yeah. anything of value anyway. And I approached the women tentatively, mm-hmm. even maybe a little bit, well, more than a little bit fearfully. Yeah, That is not what they need. As as an experienced counselor now, I learn more and more and more that if I just jump into my interactions with them with confidence, I have something that you desperately need. And I am confident that if you will hear me out, you will feel better. In fact, sometimes I'll say that if you will just hear me out, I promise you, you will feel better yeah. than you feel right now. So that confidence, I think, is an absolutely critical attitude for uh, an effective yeah, yeah. sidewalk counselor. And where do we get, because we're, we're maybe people are listening, we're talking to people who maybe don't have a lot of confidence. Right. They want confidence. They yeah. want to be a witness for these babies. They want to be a voice for the voiceless. But that's one of the reasons why they're listening to us, because they're not confident right. they can go out there and do anything. Right. So... How can we have an attitude of confidence when we don't feel very confident? Yeah, and I can, I really believe, like, I I can speak to this because I am by nature very shy, very quiet, very socially awkward, okay. and very introverted. That is my natural bent. Yeah. And so I had to overcome all of that when I came out here. And it wasn't me that overcame it. It truly, truly is the power of the Holy Spirit. If you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit indwells you, and you have the power and strength of God. And I have seen that over and over again. But on a very practical level, when we step out in obedience to God— our faith grows and our confidence grows. When we're in sin, we're not confident yeah. because we're shriveled up in the the horror of sin, the yeah. effects of yeah. sin. But when we're walking with God and obediently taking the next step, then I do believe he gives us that confidence and we see it in our own life. I, I manage to walk in obedience despite whatever struggles I'm facing, yeah, yeah. now I can offer it to them. You know, one story that comes to mind as I think about confidence and I think about our confidence in the Lord, and, you know, I think we have to be careful because you know, our confidence should never be in our own flesh, our own right. wisdom. So yes. hopefully you guys aren't, I mean, we've already talked a lot about trusting the Lord, not yeah. trusting the wisdom of the world. So hopefully you're not picking that up from us. We're talking about confidence in the Lord right. and confidence in the Lord's ability to move through us. Mm-hmm. And a story that comes to mind is the story of David, actually. Mm-hmm. Shepherd boy, he ultimately becomes a giant slayer. Right. And we sort of think maybe in our in our you know, veggie tales watching world that, you know, this David comes to Goliath and that's where it started for David. Yeah. But no, not so. David started when he was in the shepherding role. He started out in the field 
with the sheep and protecting them. Yeah. And he even shares how yeah. he had killed a lion, how he had killed a bear. So he started yeah. with the wild animals. He started small. I mean, lions yeah. and bears are pretty scary. Yeah. But he started, I mean, there's no comparison to a lion and a bear with a, a huge man with a spear the size of a weaver's beam who could lop your head off in, in one swing. Right. But he was building his confidence. He was building those confidence steps. through experience. And that's what I would encourage you guys with. Do something lest you do nothing. Right. If you if it's in your heart to come out to the sidewalk and, and go out to an abortion clinic and be effective, step out in faith. Go out there and pray. Maybe that be that would be your first time going out to an abortion clinic. Just go out there and pray. And then maybe the next time you go out there and hold a sign. And maybe the next time you go out there and you say one sentence. I don't know what that looks like, but I'm just telling you, when you step out in faith, then God will use you and God will grow you and God will stretch you in ways that he otherwise wouldn't if he didn't step out in faith. So our confidence should be in the Lord, and we learn to be more and more confident in the Lord as we step out more and more in faith and put ourselves in uncomfortable situations. Now, that's key. That's it where is. I was going to go with yeah. it, where you're, you led my thoughts, was you have to be willing to be stretched. You've yeah. got to be willing to be uncomfortable. Yeah, and you've got to remember, this thing is not about you. It's never right. been about you. right. Right. The, the the pro-life issue, the mm-hmm. issue of abortion, the gospel, none of that's about you. It's about right. Jesus. It's about his glory. Yeah. And so we have to put ourselves... I'm like you, Vicky. You shared that you're an extreme introvert. Yeah. People don't believe it. I don't know why, because I feel like I, I, I convey that I'm an introvert. I, yeah. I don't like being around people. Yeah. But... I tell people, I'm a crucified introvert. Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me. I know I can't be a witness Mm -hmm. like he's called me to be if I'm going to stay at home and be in my own little shell and be an introvert. If I'm going to share the gospel and obey what God's telling me to do in his word, to go in all the world and preach the gospel, i got to make myself uncomfortable. i got to be a little socially awkward sometimes. i got to put myself out there and step out in faith because... Then in that, I learned more and more to trust in the Lord. Right? And then what happens invariably and what happened with me, and I think it happens with everyone who truly trusts that God is going to use you if you just will be willing and obedient and step out in faith and he will use you as he desires is is it gets easier and you do things that you never imagined i never imagined i would do this or that i would ever speak on a microphone or get get in front of a crowd or even show up on a saturday i remember telling you i'll I'll do this but i'm never coming on a saturday because it's crazy out there (laughs) (laughs) because they're nuts yeah and and i think that maybe you've experienced that as well that the more you do it and watch God work and help you through that uncomfortable situation, the more you realize, I can do it yeah, with God. Absolutely. I can't do it without Him. Yeah. But well, with Him, I can. You're, you're not going to get all of the confidence that you need in this area of ministry by staying at home and just no, praying no, about it. No, you won't. And you're not going to get it as much as we do with trainings and stuff like that, and we have the Sidewalks for Life site. You're not going to get it through reading articles on Sidewalks for Life. You're going to get some of it some yeah. confidence and some knowledge and all that stuff. Yeah. But you really have got to just step out there on the sidewalk. Yeah. You've really got to just take that step of faith. And maybe it is working in a pregnancy center. Maybe it is working at a maternity home or whatever it is, mm-hmm. whatever God's called you to, you got to just step out mm-hmm. and do it. Put yourself out there and watch God do amazing things. Mm-hmm. And then when you learn confidence in him more and more, and you look back and you say, how in the world did this fruit come out of my life? 
Right. Then who gets the glory for that? Yeah. God, God gets, the, gets glory the glory and you've got a testimony. You've got yeah. a testimony that is going to be able to instill your confidence now, which is not yours. It truly it's is in the in Lord. The Lord. Yeah. You're going to be able to instill that in the women. And that's what they need. They need confidence that I don't have to kill my baby. Yeah. I am strong enough in God to do what God has brought me yeah. to, and he has brought me to this pregnancy, and this child is there. Yeah. I mean, the simple dynamic of you can't give what you don't have. And right. so as sidewalk counselors, and so in one sense we're saying you need to have confidence. Right. In another sense we're saying you're not going to have all the confidence you need right away. You need to step out right. in faith. you got to start somewhere, right. and God will build that in you. Yeah. But just for starters, right out of the gate— We've got to fa- we've got to have our foundation of what we believe about ourselves and the ministry we're called to and our effectiveness and all that in the Word of God. Right. And if you are a Christian, you have every reason to have confidence mm-hmm. in the Lord. The Bible says that the Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives in you. If you're a child of God, you have the Spirit of God, and that is enough for you to take a step of faith out there on the sidewalk take a step of faith into a pregnancy center or whatever capacity and let God do his thing through you. So mm-hmm. I want to encourage you in that. I don't want, to, I want this to be a point that discourages you, but we do need to convey confidence. And so we have to be convinced in our own minds that we have in us what they need. And maybe that's just the simple thing. These women come into an abortion clinic, come into a pregnancy center with a crisis pregnancy situation going on. They don't have confidence in the Lord. They don't know the Lord you have what they need. And not you and yourself, mm-hmm. but in you, the Spirit of Christ dwells. Mm-hmm. In you is the hope of glory. Christ Jesus, mm-hmm. Christ in you, the hope of glory, yeah. right? Yeah. So that's attitude. Okay. Next is atmosphere. Atmosphere. Okay. What does that mean? And yeah. again, remember, guys, we're speaking primarily from the context we're in, which is being at an abortion clinic on the sidewalk. Right. Another A, but not a good A. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so... We're talking about atmosphere, and what we're really talking about is the atmosphere that is around you, or from lack of a better term, maybe it's a pagan term, aura? Is that a pagan term? I, I don't think know. that I don't is. Like I don't like, know if we have like, an aura. Yeah, but. I don't know if we have an aura, <laughs> or or like karma, you know, pain, I, yeah. I hate when people yeah. say that. So maybe aura yeah. is not the right term, but what I'm saying is... the What's in the air all around you that exactly. you feel? What do you feel coming from these people yeah, around exactly. you? And there is a certain atmosphere that mm-hmm. we create. It's one of the reasons why that when we train our sidewalk counselors, and one of the reasons why we want to encourage you guys, that you need to be smiling. You need to yep. be happy. Yeah. The joy of the Lord. Now, listen, we're in front of an abortion clinic. Mm-hmm. We see here in Charlotte, you know, 25, 30. We've seen recently some days where 45 babies. Yep are dying in there with the women going in. We see the women come out with tears in their eyes. They're broken from what they've just right. done. We just see the enemy ravage these people's lives and kill these babies. It's just so grievous. And so it's hard to convey an atmosphere of, of life and joy and mm-hmm. peace and all of that. However, because we have confidence in the Lord, mm-hmm. because he's in us, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And we can convey and should convey on our faces the joy of the Lord, mm-hmm. peace, mm-hmm. hope, right? Our, the atmosphere around us should be one of hope. It mm-hmm. should be one of life mm-hmm. rather than the atmosphere, to contrast it with, the atmosphere in the abortion clinic. What is it? And we've heard yeah. from yeah. abortion workers. We've heard from right. moms that have gone into the abortion mm-hmm. clinic. It's an atmosphere of death. They say it smells like death. Yeah. I've had so many tell me that it smells like death. Death, 
darkness. Yeah. They can feel it yeah. going in. Even people who are not yeah. necessarily, you know, spiritually minded right. or whatever in one or sense. Or even the atmosphere. And I want to contrast the joy of the Lord with some people looking at what happens on the pro-choice side, they'll sometimes be dancing, playing music, and and laughing. And yeah. is is that joy? And I I would challenge that. No, that's mocking. I yeah, think it's it mocking the God and and God's desire for what what will actually happen there. So that is that yeah. is not what we're talking about. We're not talking about dancing and ridiculing, right? Yeah, you know, in you know, and an even with center. you know, I've had people. You know, and I did a podcast a long time ago with Andre Gonzalez with Love Life, right. talking yeah. about worship and prayer in front of an abortion yeah. clinic. And I even yeah. had Christians say something like, worship and prayer, like prayer of course, but worship, right. Right. and worship music in front of an abortion clinic, like is that even appropriate? Yeah. And I think there are some inappropriate ways of worship out there. I, mean, yeah. I don't think we need to be playing happy, dancey songs. I think right. there needs to be a, a somber, mm-hmm. not a... Uh, depressing atmosphere. I mean, we play music. We set up mm-hmm. an amplified speaker mm-hmm. where we play worshipful, melodious and wor- mm-hmm. worshipful music, mm-hmm. hymns and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And it does set the atmosphere just mm-hmm. naturally, fills the atmosphere with, with music that honors God and all of that. And so that's you know a practical atmosphere thing. And even you now as we're out there on the sidewalk, maybe having your phone, not in a way that distracts you, but having your phone playing some worship music, I think that's very appropriate. I think it puts us in the right mindset, right. and we can tap into the joy of the Lord. Yeah, And yeah, there is a, a certain amount of, like you said, with the pro boards and stuff, it's just mockery and all yeah. of that. So, yeah. of course, we're not talking about that. But yeah. we are talking about a soberness. Right. We're talking about a, an attitude and an atmosphere mm-hmm. of, of seriousness, but also of joy. Yeah, because again, we want those women to come to us. We yeah. want them to trust us. Right. That's what this is all about. We want yeah, because them to if trust we just us. have an atmosphere around us, we're just we're just gruff and we're just angry and we're angry we're at condemning. abortion. It, we're condemning. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why we say our motivation to be out there on the sidewalk has to be out of love, love for right. God first, right. and then love for our neighbor. It, we cannot yeah. be motivated by hatred. And I understand. Listen, we should hate abortion. Yeah. We should hate the abortion industry, not the people, but the industry itself. Mm-hmm. We, I hate that thing. It's yeah, terrible. It's, it's destroyed mm-hmm. millions, millions, millions of lives. Yeah, But that can't be my motivator. Right. If I'm motivated by hatred for abortion, for Planned Parenthood, mm-hmm. for the abortion industry, for the lies that they tell, if that's my motivation, then the atmosphere around me, around me is going to be one of, of just what they've got inside of there. Exactly. And so what we're saying is if we want these women to trust what we have to say, then we can't have the same atmosphere around us that they're feeling inside of that abortion clinic. Yeah. We yeah. need to have an atmosphere of life and, and peace, like and we said. And joy of the Lord. And also I think another very critical point of our the atmosphere we create is one of compassion. Yeah, and and you said that kind of with the with we have to love love our exactly, neighbor as yeah. as ourselves. So have compassion towards them, and they will feel that. Yeah, uh, we want to help them, and we truly do want to help them, and we should be able to show that through not only what we're, what we're going to get into next, how we do actually offer help, but just through our, our facial expression, the words that we use, avoiding yeah. name-calling. Absolutely. Because yeah. that's not showing compassion. Well, one of the things, too, um, before we move on from this point, mm-hmm. that I 
you warn our people here locally and that as I talk to people nationally, because there can be some contentious situations in front of abortion clinics right. yeah. that create a, a very unhealthy right. uh, atmosphere yeah. out there yeah. with people arguing with one another. Right. <laughs> Pro-lifers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People with different methodologies. Mm-hmm. People with different theologies. You know, the, the uh, Protestants arguing with the Catholics. Yeah. And I understand there's there's disagreements there. There's some some issues that we need to talk about. We need to yeah. talk about the truth. We need to talk about the scripture. Yeah. But I think there's a context for that. And I, in front of an abortion clinic, arguing about theological issues and stuff, mm-hmm. as much as we might be well-meaning in that, mm-hmm. it creates an atmosphere of contention. Mm-hmm. And that atmosphere of contention is no different than the contention that those women feel in their hearts and they already have in their lives. And so exactly. you're offering to them an atmosphere of they already got, and they right. look out the window, or they come walking down the street, or they pull down the street, and they see fighting and striving. Well, listen, I just came from that in my house. Yeah. These people that are all for me, quote, help, right. they can't do anything right. for me because they got the same stuff going on with yeah, why them I as I got going them? on with me. I yeah, why should I trust them? them? Right. So we yeah. need to be careful with that. Mm-hmm. Again, I think there are conversations that need to be had, and I've had plenty of those conversations theologically and all of that, Yeah. but we need to be careful for the atmosphere that we set. Right. You know? Yeah. So let's move on to that okay. third one. Right. Action. Action. And yeah. in this, what we're talking about is, you know, again, as the the previous podcast, we talked about the actions of God, the faithfulness of God, the mm-hmm. things that God has done, mm-hmm. sharing the testimonies and that sort of thing. But those mm-hmm. testimonies flow out of the actions, mm-hmm. out of the actions that we do the I mean, really what we're getting into is the resources. That's right. The help. How we act on what we say. That's right. And so this is important. That, yeah, we need to give accurate information. We need to convey that God is trustworthy, that there are resources to help. And we need to follow up with what we say we're going to do. That's right. And that's yeah. that's massively That's important. a huge part of trust. If you say you're going to do something and you don't do it, you have just really eroded yeah. trust. And you're going to have to start all over again. Yeah, and it's absolutely. hard to rebuild. So we, we do tell our counselors, if if you make a promise or a statement, be sure that you follow through on that so that they know that they can trust you. They've yeah. had a lot of deceit and discouragement and betrayal in their lives most of the time. Yeah, and absolutely. Most of the women that I meet. So that, that's well, part of and it. And this is one of the reasons why we need to be careful in the language that we use. We do. So when we're standing yeah. out on the sidewalk, we don't need to have... Okay, so an example. We had a podcast a couple of weeks ago about mm-hmm. adoption, right? Yeah. And uh, I've heard people on the sidewalk, well-intending people, mm-hmm. call out, I'll adopt your baby. Mm-hmm. And I had one one lady actually did it. Actually, no, I'm sorry. It was a young man who did it. said, yeah, I'll adopt your baby. And then he came over to me and he said... I didn't even talk to my wife. I mean, what if they really want me to to to, to adopt their baby? Like, right, probably shouldn't have yeah, offered it. You then. probably shouldn't have offered it then, <laughs> exactly. right? I mean, that's maybe an extreme example. Yeah, and you know, those stories unfortunately are very few and far between. And I'm right. sure you know God would have <laughs> orchestrated he things. He would have worked something out. <laughs> so he would have worked something out. But we don't need to offer things that we can't fulfill. And right. we, you know, we might be tempted to do that because it's going to save a baby. Right. But we don't need to lie, to lie to save a baby. Right. God's again. God's the one that's doing the saving. God's the one that's doing the change in the hearts. Yeah. You know, but if, they do need help. They want exactly. solutions. Yeah. They are in a place where they feel like there is no solution. There is no solution other than abortion. I've yeah. heard that over and over again. This is what I have to do. Yeah. And so we need to dispel that lie that abortion is their only choice, or at all a valid or good choice, with 
well, what are some other solutions that can lead them to a different choice, the yeah. choice for life? And so, you know, that's where we get into our resource list, our general resources, and uh, and we have a, a long list of help in every area of mm-hmm. whatever these moms raise, any, any of the obstacles that they raise. And that is such an important point in establishing trust. Oftentimes they will come over when we have offered something and they'll come over to one of us and say, okay, tell me, what, what kind of housing do you have? Yeah. And they'll, and they'll want to see a list. Mm-hmm. Or they, and, and so we have to be ready to show them, yeah. hey, we, we said we'd offer you a housing solution. Let me show you yeah. this list yeah. of housing that we have. Yeah, absolutely. And it is hard work to dig for those resources. Mm-hmm. It's hard work to find those resources. And we certainly, again, don't want to offer resources that we really don't have available. Mm-hmm. But Google is a very useful tool yeah. in finding resources. I mean, we've been able yeah. to find, guys, you would be amazed at the ministries that are available out there. We, you know, One story, I don't know if we ever shared this story, but it's a powerful story of the young lady that was drug addicted mm-hmm. and pregnant and didn't have housing. And we were able to find a housing ministry that takes pregnant, drug-addicted women. It's even better than that. So she had come to the Lord on the RV also. Yeah. Um, and she had submitted her life to the Lord. And she said it was the most peace she had ever felt in, yeah. in her entire life. And so, and we didn't have, she's pregnant. She's now a brand new believer. She, or at least she has submitted her life where the seed has certainly been planted. Um, She's drug addicted and, um, and she has no money. So I Googled pregnant Christian drug addicted. There was one more thing in there. Um, I don't remember what it was, but there were four things. Oh, I, North Carolina, because okay. that's where we lived. Yeah. All right. And I, those were my search words in Google. And what came up was a place perfect. It was Christian. It was for drug addicted women. It kept them for like three years. It would train them in, in every area. But Google failed me. It, it was, was in, in Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. It was in Kentucky. And so I said, I know you guys aren't going to go for this. Her mom was with her. But call them because maybe they'll know of some place here in North mm-hmm. Carolina. And they, they called them. Uh, I called them first and they said, we have one bed. And I said, well, these people are in North Carolina. We need a place in North Carolina. And they said, well, we'll transfer Medicaid. And within, I think, two or three days, that woman was there yeah, in, yeah. in Kentucky. So that's, that's pretty amazing. It was I mean, a miracle. A, yeah. It was clearly... Now, in that situation, though, mm-hmm. did you convey to her, well, we'll we're definitely going to find you a maternity home that will take you right away. Good, all of that. good question. Because when the, when they came out of the abortion center, the the mother of the drug addicted girl said, "If you can find me a place today for my drug addicted daughter to go, then I will get her out of that pregnancy center." Yeah. And I couldn't promise, but I said, "I can't." I was honest. I said, "I can't promise you that, but I can promise you that we will try our hardest." Yeah. And and that was enough. That was enough for her. She mm-hmm. went and got her daughter out, and uh, our whole team was making calls. We were calling all over the city, and I was googling, and then this this place came up, and yeah. and it it all worked out. So you know, I brought that point up because 
even with our baby shower ministry, for example, and this is right. not a ministry promotion uh, podcast, guys, right. by the way. We're just speaking from our experience. Yeah. Even with our baby shower ministry, though, we, we promise, we make certain promises, we'll mm-hmm. give you a baby shower. And we will give you many of the things that you need for your baby, close up to two years. Mm-hmm. But we don't promise we'll give you all the diapers that you need and all this. Right. We right. make sure that they know we're going to do the best we can. Mm-hmm. We'll give them a lot of diapers. We do. Mm-hmm. And we've never had a woman that's been disappointed when we've done never. a baby shower. They're usually just overwhelmed. But we make sure we're reasonable in our promises. Yeah. Because one of the things that you can do to, if you've tried to gain trust from an abortion-minded woman, and you've gained a little bit of that trust, you can chip away at that trust yourself right. by making unreasonable promises. Right. And she might even know in her mind that there's no way they can deliver yeah. on this. Yeah. Now, and I, I do want to caution um, people not to be discouraged if sometimes what they hear is different from what you right, said. Right, yeah. Because I, I, yeah, I had an experience where our counselors, I, I know that counselor, and she had been calling out, and I, I actually wasn't on the sidewalk at the time, but, um, a couple left the abortion center and listened to her and agreed to call me to find out about our resources. And And when they called me, they, they housing was the big issue. And they asked about that. And as I talked with them about what we could do and what we could recommend, um, he hung up on me and they went and aborted their child. So they had in their, I know our counselor did not say this, but in their own head, what they heard was we would pay all of their housing costs so that they could move to a new apartment. Now, yeah. we I've never, ever heard our counselor even remotely suggest anything like right, that. Yeah, of course. But that's what they kind of heard. And we can't help that. There's no, nothing you can't you can help that. To you have to just convey that. the truth. And if people, you know, hear something else, that's not your fault. But it is right. our job right. to convey the truth. And with our actions, mm-hmm. um, be be honest, mm-hmm. be consistent with the scriptures. We are mm-hmm. supposed to help in as much as we're able to. Right. Yeah. But that doesn't mean. I mean, we're told from you know the pro-abortion crowd that if we convince a mom to to keep her baby, we need to provide for every one of her needs for all the, the way rest up to eighteen. Life, Actually, is, through college, usually right, is what is, I hear. You know, a ridiculous notion. Right. That's not even you know remotely. Yeah. Not only is it not possible. You would have to imagine that these women actually want that, and they don't. I mean, yeah. most of these women, when they're in a crisis situation, it's nine one one emergency mm-hmm. situation, and they need a voice of truth to step in. Just like that mm-hmm. card I read from the young lady uh, yeah. a couple of weeks ago, she just needed that voice of someone speaking truth to her other than her own voice that was telling her to abort. That's what she said. Right. And so many of these women, that's what they want. They want someone to come in because there's that fight in their heart. They know the right thing to do, but they don't want to do the right thing. They want to do the right thing, but they don't. They want, you know, it's that fight, it's that that war that's in the heart. And what we're trying to do is tip that scale to life. Yeah. And we do God. that, and ultimately to the Lord. Right. And we do that and gain their trust by being truthful, being forthright, having a, a, a proper attitude of confidence, yeah. Yeah. creating an atmosphere of compassion, mm. mercy, grace, and then acting on what we say and acting on their behalf, coming to their aid in as much as we can. And, you know, God does amazing things Yeah, through that. Yeah, he does. And there is a, there's a lot of great stories in the Bible, yeah, I sure. think, that can support this 
message, but mm-hmm. but one of them that we we've used a lot because it's so good. Yeah, is is the parable. Well, it's not a parable. It's it's a story, a true story of Jesus walking on the water. Yeah, yeah, and this is uh, there's actually it's in three different gospels. Yeah, but it's what I'm going to be reading from is Mark chapter six. Mm-hmm. And verse 45, immediately he, that's Jesus, made his disciples get into a boat and go before them to the other side, to Bethesda. So he's going up to the mountain to pray. He sent his disciples on their way, and maybe they're wondering how you're going to get there, Jesus, but they know it's Jesus, so they just right. They figure he'll make a way. <laughs> right. So that they obey, which is very good. Yeah. They should. Yeah. But they get caught in a storm. Mm-hmm. And it says, uh, now an evening came, the boat, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and he was alone on the land. And he saw them straining to row, for wind had come against them. So there's this storm. And the picture is, for an abortion-minded woman, there's this storm in mm-hmm. her life. Mm-hmm. And the waves are tremendous. And the waves They're are huge. beating and against her. And the wind is huge. Yeah. Everything is against And I, I'm a kayaker. I know. If you are trying to row against the wind, it is hard. You yeah. feel like you are getting nowhere. Right, yeah. So here they are in the midst of this sea, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. wind and the waves beating against them. and It's night, too. It's I night forgot time. about yeah. that. That's, oh my goodness, so it's And dark. so here's Jesus seeing this take place, and uh, here's what the Bible says. It says, then he saw them straining at rowing, for the wind was against them. This is verse 48. Mm-hmm. And now about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea and would have passed them by. So he would, would have, have went right by, by them. Wow. And th- this is a picture of, you know, God knows the situations. He knows the situations these women are in. And he's come to that situation, right? That's the picture of the sidewalk counselor. Like, we've come to that situation. We've come as a presence there. But that presence, Jesus, is not always going to come to the rescue immediately because he's waiting for them to be um, trusting toward him. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, to welcome him, to say, hey, help us or something. Yeah, yeah exactly. <clears throat> To reciprocate what God has has done and, and God's presence there, or right? he would he would have walked he would have right walked by right that's, on by. That's just monumental to think about that. Yeah, that he truly that's the real choice. The choice is not between you know death of the baby or life of the baby. The choice is: Will you just let Jesus walk right by yeah. and not reach out yeah. to him? Will you trust him? Or will you, will trust, you trust the him? Lord? Yeah. Or are you going to keep rowing yourself? You know, I've actually said Knowing that. Knowing you're not you going to get anywhere. Are you going to keep rowing in yeah. the sea, going yeah. around and around and around in a circle yeah. with the wind and the wave beating against you? Or are you going to invite Jesus into the situation? Right. And that's ultimately, we all know the story, right? Yeah. I don't think I'm conveying to anybody a story that they haven't already heard. Yeah. You know, Jesus would have passed by, but then they saw Jesus. They thought he was a ghost. And that's, you know, it's, it's a lot like what we're dealing with. You know, mm-hmm. we're dealing with a, an abortion-minded woman going into a situation. She's, you know, wind and waves again swirling around. She's going into the abortion clinic. She looks at us and sees we're scary ghosts. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. But if she would just, and again, it takes the grace of God, it takes the Spirit of God moving in her heart, she would just see, no, it's actually the Lord through his people has come into this situation and he wants to intervene. Yeah. Would you just trust him? Yeah. You know? And of yeah. course, we know in this situation, Peter says, well, Lord, if it's you, then command me to come out and walk on the water. And we know if these- it's you, and if it's you, and, and I don't mean to interrupt, but I think I love that, that, that question if it's you. So, and I, I think of the women wondering, 
are you who you say you'll be? Can I trust you? Can I trust us? First of all, the the intermediaries. Yeah. And ultimately, can I trust God? Is it you? Yeah. If it's you, yeah. then, then, and then, then I will step out on the water. And of course, we know out. what happens. He steps out. Jesus mm-hmm. says, "Will come." He steps out. As he's long as he's looking at Jesus, he's all right. But when he takes yeah. his eyes off of Jesus, then he begins to sink. And again, right. it's it's much like that picture of those abortion-minded women, except, of course, in this situation, a lot of times they've not even initially had their eyes on Jesus. Right. But we want to help them to look to him. Ultimately, it's not about us. It's not mm-hmm. about them looking to us and trusting us. Mm-hmm. But we are God's representative. And, right. you know, the end of the story is Jesus ultimately gets into the boat. They are safe on the other side. Mm-hmm. The storm calms and all of that. And that's what God can do in these mm-hmm. situations with these moms, if they would put their trust in him. Right. And so I think that pretty much is is what we want to convey to you guys. Yeah. I want to encourage you guys with, I know we focused a lot from the sidewalk counseling aspect. And we've got a lot of folks that are listening that are doing sidewalk counseling or they're wanting to get involved in sidewalk counseling. And we do want to encourage you guys to be confident in the Lord. Step out in faith. Let God use you. Go to our website, www.sidewalks4life.com. Be encouraged to step out on the sidewalk. <laughs> step out uh-huh. yourself, as Peter uh-huh. did, onto that water. Yeah. Keeping Keep your, your eyes, eyes on, Jesus. on Jesus. Amen. Right? You can't give what you don't have. If That's you want right. these women to fix their eyes on Jesus and trust in him, yeah. you got to do the same. But if you do, you're going to walk on water. You're going to see God do some amazing things. Yeah. And the testimonies that you may have heard from us, God's going to do those things through you if you'll trust him in that way. So with that, we're going to wrap this thing up, but we do appreciate you guys listening. And until next time, God bless. Give me an outlet for love. Give me an outlet for gratitude. I know it will cost me my life But nothing's too precious since I met you